the Animation Podcast, October 31st, 2012. Go infinity! Go infinity! Go infinity! Go infinity! What's this? Go! Meet me! That's it! Dumbo! Walk on the ice is Eastman! Hey! Right on the button! <laughs> Don't let me fill it! <laughs> <laughs> that way. I'd like to work with you if you don't mind. You will join me for death. Oh, goody. Now it's like this, little britches. And beyond. Hey, everybody. This is Clay, and welcome to episode number 32 of the Animation Podcast. Now, you're probably wondering, why has it taken three years since the last podcast? And the truth is, I've just been busy. I've been animating on Tangled, Tangled Ever After, Paper Man, and Wreck-It Ralph. And in between all those shows, I've traveled a lot. I've done a lot of talks uh, at schools and conferences, and I can pretty much guarantee that everywhere I go, I will hear the question, when is the next podcast? So if you're one of those people that have ever asked me, ever stopped me and said, when's the next podcast? The answer is definitely now. It is today. It's happening. It's here. I hope you're happy. And honestly, you should just pat yourself on the back. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for all of you guys kind of bugging me about it, um, it wouldn't have happened. I think I would have just put it away, retired it. Uh, but hearing from all of you all the time about how you listen to it at school or in your studio or you guys play it out loud while you're animating, um, it's really an honor for me to be a part of your process and uh, to provide something that gives you some inspiration. So um, really, thanks to you, you're the reason why I'm making this. It's, uh, it's really because you guys keep asking for it. So uh, unfortunately, I think I'm cursing myself to being asked forever, but that may just be what it's going to be. So what this podcast is, it's actually a very different format from all the others I've done. And uh, when I was out meeting a lot of people, I would hear a lot, how come there's no audio commentary on the Tangle DVD? And although I don't have a good answer for that, I do have a good solution. And that was to get all the animators I could together in a room. We would play Tangled with the sound off and just record the conversation. So that's what this podcast is all about. And you will get the most benefit out of this podcast if you watch the movie along with us. So at a certain point, after everyone introduces themselves, we will count down three, two, one, and you will unpause your DVD, which has been queued up. And uh, hopefully the movie will follow along right with us. So you'll see the scenes that we're talking about as we're talking about them and get a really good sense of uh, just, you know, the conversation we're having, the fun that we had recording this and in making the movie. And uh, a lot of the scenes, we kind of call out who animated what and talk about the difficulties in that. So like I said, you'll uh, go grab your copy, your Blu-ray, your DVD, your Amazon, your Netflix, your iTunes, whatever copy of Tangled that you have. Cue it up to the very beginning, right when the castle starts and you see those flags waving and the fireworks going off. Pause it there and then wait for us to say three, two, one and go. And then you'll watch it along with us. So without taking any more time, um, I'm just really happy to be back. I'm happy to announce the animation podcast episode number 32, the unofficial Tangled Animators audio commentary. And one thing that I do want to mention before I get started is that all the opinions here are those of the individuals involved, and they do not represent the Walt Disney Company. just want to make that clear. This is the unofficial commentary. So um, with that said, 
Please enjoy. Why don't we start? Just go around the room. Like I said before, say your name, how long you've worked in the studio, and uh, if there's a character in the film that you identify with, it's like I worked most on this, or it's my favorite one to work on. So we'll start over here. I'm Amy Speed. Um, I've been animating for about, or I've been at Disney for about 13 years, and I worked mostly in the pencil. I'm Adam Dykstra. I've been at Disney for about 16 and a half years. I've worked on uh, Pascal, Rapunzel, and Flynn. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Haker. I've been at Disney for about three years, and I mostly worked on Rapunzel and Flynn. I'm Miyuki Kana Wong. Um, I've been here for three years, and I mainly worked on Rapunzel and Flynn. I'm Adam Green. Um, I've been at Disney on and, Disney on and off for about two and a half years, um, and I worked on Rapunzel, Max, Flynn, and Couple. You guys all sound so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here about 16 years, and I, I think I've mostly worked on crowds. <laughs> a couple of flame shots, but mostly crowds. Richard Town A. Richard Town A. <laughs> Betty Town G. I'm John Cars. I've been here for three or so years, and I worked on us. Everybody. <laughs> I'm Chad Sellers. I've been here about a year and a half, 
mostly worked on the hook hand thug. I'm Jason Figliozzi, been here about a year and a half as well, and mostly Max and uh, Rapunzel. I'm Malcolm Pierce, I've been here about a year and a half, and mainly worked on Rapunzel and Gotham. Let me explain this now and leave it or record it later and explain it and put it on the start of this thing. But the idea is people will download this, we'll queue up the DVD, we're already on the first frame, it's paused on frame one, and we'll kind of say three, two, one, play. Hopefully the people at home will hit play, they'll play this at the same time, and uh, it'll all sync up. So, How much money will we make from this? I'll lose it. <laughs> I'm already 180 in the hole, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, I guess what, should we count down, like 3, 2, 1, and then hopefully this will hit play over there, and uh, we'll go. So, all together. 3, three two, 2, 1, play! Yay! It's blue. Designed by Mike Gabriel, right? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Wow. And there's a bunch of Disney elements in here. There's the trains and all this other stuff, hidden stuff in there. I don't know. I wasn't 
and not only that, it has to be stylized and appealing and all those things, it's believable and beautiful, you know, which is... <clears throat> Without being too realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many people thought we used motion capture for... At least one. <laughs> <laughs> is that you, Mel? We didn't, Malkin. Oh. <laughs> Someone had asked that on a tour. It was motion capture. That was must have Baby Rapunzel. For me, a lot of the process was, you know, people filming themselves, Glenn doing drawings, uh, show of hands, what does Mary say? Who, who films themselves when they're doing their shots? Yeah, it's like the entire room. It's a lot of hands. Yeah. Depending on the shot as well. Yeah, and we're filming each other. Horrible. Kira running upstairs. <laughs> I got a lot of exercise on this one. <laughs> yeah, I think Kira did reference for half of us at least. It's hard to watch the movie go by because there's so much that went into every shot, like this hair and the lighting and the texture and all the stuff that we were waiting to see happen. Uh, a lot of work. Was the hair what you expected as far as, like when you, when you start out and you know that there's so much hair in this and that it's going to have to be animated by hand a lot of it? And... Did you guys like it? <laughs> I remember, I remember not seeing hair renders for a long time, and we were all like, what's it gonna look like, what's it gonna look like? And then when it started coming through, like the cloth and the hair and everything just like plussed your shot so much yeah. that you almost felt like you, you could have gotten away with a lot less, but it, <laughs> 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 And halfway through, I did. So I, I, I just like, I was always trying, trying to figure out how to work less. Yeah, right? Yeah. Your stuff got a lot better in <laughs> Before the hair stuff came through, me and Henry was the animators that was here. Um, we went and checked out uh, some of the hair work in progress stuff, and we were like really excited. We were like, this will get us motivated. And then he just showed us what he was working on, and it was terrifying. <laughs> we were so discouraged. The prop hair? Yeah. Well, just like, this is where we're going with the simulation. And it was just like this crazy. Barbie doll with all this hair like randomly coming out of it and it was really unappealing. But they figured it out like yeah. I guess a month after that it was just sort of started snowballing but it became kind of the character of itself, which was really cool. Yeah. Yay! 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 Little Tony's me. Talk about right. how this was a singing story in the beginning or uh, yeah. yeah. Go for it, Marlon. I don't know what it used to be, like Oh, yeah. Tony knows? Yeah. Just Tony knows. Yeah, Tony animated like three or four shots of her in here. Yeah. yeah I believe it's on Blu ray. It's on the special oh, orders. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah, it did. He looked. No. Because <laughs> it was it went through lighting, everything. Well, it's, it's on the Blu ray. Yeah, it's on the Blu ray. The sequence is on the Blu ray. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know if anyone can jump in and talk about like making the animation better. Like, how do you go from good to better, and how do you approach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do. I guess a big part of it, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Glenn and how he maybe changed one of your shots in one, or pushed your shot? The coolest thing was at the beginning of production when we had like a two-hour meeting with Glenn where he just, he went through every shot that had been approved so far with Rapunzel in it, and he drew over every single one of them. 
And even if the shot was done and finished and great, it still could be better by his standard. And his tiny changes really dramatically changed a lot of the shots, and it kind of set a standard for the rest of the show, which you see in a lot of the shots. A lot of these shots weren't done at the beginning of production. They were done towards the end of production, but you can tell that Glenn's influence is still there, even if he didn't draw over these directly. Yeah, I think in the kind of moving holes, the facial, you can see these subtleties that Glenn added in his drawovers that just really sold the scene. It's great stuff. I think it was neat to see that um, at the beginning there was so much drawover work, tons and tons and tons, and then by the end, by the end of the production, it was like less and less, and people were getting it, and it was clicking, and I don't know, it was neat to see everybody grow. Like, there were a bunch of mini Glenn Keens running around because they kind of got his sensibilities towards the end, but it did take a long time to like, Looking back on it, Glenn was less concerned about the motion and more concerned about designing the appeal in all those golden poses that you that you remember when you watch the shot. Yeah, I was gonna say like Glenn animating actually animating on a shot was probably like maybe five percent of the time, and the rest of the time it was just making an idea clear, pushing something, and pushing a pose and. Like making a graphic, drawing the eyes a lot. You always started yeah. with the eyes, pushed <coughs> out a, a great deal. Eyelashes, yeah, direction. That was a big challenge, too, where he would draw so specifically, and you'd see him really focusing over the drawovers. And you'd go back to your desk and go, Okay, I have to match this as perfectly as I can. And, and you, you push the, model, the 3D model as much as you can, it just looks it looks weird in 3D because you get those automatic volumetric deformations that happen around yeah. the shapes. It was kind of frustrating, but we had to find a balance between his drawings and what we could do in 3D. And that influenced the model changes too, in the rig, yeah. to, to be able to achieve those shapes that Glenn wanted. Yeah, I mean, that first pass that Zach's talking about, mm-hmm. the drawing of every shot that was done, that became the guy for how to fix the rig because he kept drawing the same things over and over. I have this sheet of paper that basically has like nine things on it. Just, yeah. And we went back and did those nine things, and from then on, it was just like, it wasn't hard to make those ships happen. Makes such a difference. Wasn't the sequence put in really late, where it felt like they needed to introduce Flynn? Yeah, definitely. As a thief, early on? You know, the original debut with him was <coughs> at the Wanted poster. Yeah. Sorry, Darren. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was this great, great shot. Of the <laughs> they needed to establish the crown uh, more obviously, I think. Yeah. And break up the songs as well, because there were two songs back to back. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, part of the reason why they took out that song at the very beginning with her. It was just like three songs in a row. Right. What did everybody think when they That's said it was going to be a musical? Yay! <laughs> it's not a musical. It's a movie. It's a movie, movie with a lot of buckling uh, adventure. It's certainly not a fairy tale. <laughs> it's a <about> <laughs> I remember the conversation on like how to how would she pull up Gotha with her hair and like where would she put her hair and how the mechanics would work and I think it looks really good the way we. We did it. Brent Hammond. Brent Simon. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, you tracked Gothel's age through all this. Uh, 
yes, and then now well, that was ignored. And then we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we went, they went back and forth on like how old she was supposed to be. So on a lot of these shots, we animated her like at 40 and then we would see the renders come back and she'd be at 50 or something like that. And her face changes quite a bit as, uh, as the age happens. But uh, I think each shop's kind of customized a little bit. Nothing was just right out of the box. A lot of ladies who are 40 or are 50 say they're 40. <laughs> so our little slider was not really the truth, it was what she which she felt. told. Well told. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the little age slider was a lot of fun. You'd play with it and you know 40 was nice and then you drag it over to 110 and everything went south. <laughs> everything. Everything. <laughs> started overlapping and layering the events and her action and really driving it with so much like rushed intention and it was such a clear um, like, it was such clear direction on what what the shot should be and could be I remember after that thinking like oh, this guy's pretty good animation director <laughs> <laughs> and, and because it seemed like early the first sequence he come in and be like, ah, I don't know, you guys say what you want, I mean, I, I'm kind of new to this, and he'd, he'd kind of, he kind of take like a back seat, but after about six weeks, he was just like, boom, like, moving into the front of the, like, definitely moving into like a leadership role in terms of what it could be, and always driving it from the intention and the thought of the character, and then Glenn, I think, just riffing on that, watching those two guys act it out, just with his stylus in his hand over the Cintiq, would just be ready to draw that, that emotion of what he saw. And he became like this kind of like magic illustrator tool. The three of them together became like a really clear source of what you needed, what you were gonna do with your shots. And um, like those guys kind of always reaching back to the story and then Glenn able to illustrate it in a way that you could never even the, the way you thought, saw it in your head, the way he was drawing it was better than you saw it in your head. And time and time again, you'd hear Byron say, yeah, it, it should be like this, and he'd go, oh yeah, yeah, like, just like that, Glenn. Just what you're drawing right there, that's great, that's great, that's great. Because he'd always kind of blow past your expectations with his appeal and the feeling of the emotion that you were, they were going for. And then you'd take those back to your desk, and that would be your kind of Rosetta Stone, your guide of what, what you were gonna use to to get to your destination. <laughs> well, it's hard because I want to start to talk about the talk that we give when we talk about the film, but it's. <clears throat> some of the layers are. Awesome shot, Major Ball. Thanks. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, the sequence was really fun to see come together because it was just it's just characters. It's all performance. And, and hair. Yeah, that's a highlight. <clears throat> and so much contact between the characters, which I think wasn't this one of the first sequences we did. First song. Right? I was thinking, what's the first shot of Rapunzel? <laughs> Sequence six, oh, oh. Sure. right? Or chair, baby, around the chair. Yeah. That wasn't production. Yeah. Well, the first six. one that got done. To talk about the directors a little bit more, I felt like they did a really good job of giving us good notes on mainly performance and like the goal of the shot, and kind of left it up to the supervisors and the animators to make it look nice. And it wasn't so much. Um, Notes on like arcs and closing yeah. as, it, as it was on what the character is thinking and what the shot needs to portray. Yeah, I think we'd like to have trust for the group that they can figure out the physics for the most part. They can figure out how to get those pieces put together. And when you have that, you, you entrust them to do that part and what, what they're driving driving the animators from a place of what is the character thinking, what's in their heart, and what is what is the character feeling, and then let the animator more or less make their choices. And it wouldn't happen all the time. I think people, the, every one of us got kind of like a, a tongue lashing or something about how it should be exactly this way and no other way sometimes, but then there are other times there would be a lot more freedom of how you could interpret that. When the animators left to reach those decisions and those solutions on their own from from their own creativity, I think you end up with a much stronger end result. Do you guys do you guys feel like you can kind of define the things that you learned on this show, the stuff you picked up that you won't ever leave behind? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can define it. I think That's I think, I think yeah. a lot of I think a lot of what we learned is just inherent now. And if you try to just tell someone like, "Oh yeah, I learned how to pose an eyelash," <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. But so much of what you got out of watching Glenn just put himself out there, you know, and you guys and then the directors and stuff. It, yeah, it's it's really indescribable. Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it, um, especially with Glenn, was appeal. And now, when I'm working on shots, I tend to look at the facial animation, especially the eyes, completely different. And I, different things. Me too, that thing that Glenn was always talking about with how the eyelashes affect an expression so dramatically made a big difference on me. And, and like Amy was saying, just really paying attention to the appeal of the face and making sure that it works with um, servicing the scene. This is absolutely the wrong sequence to talk about this, but it's, I think that the style of animation on this show was a lot more restrained than what we normally do and what we're kind of seeing out there in the marketplace. Um, this is probably the broadest these characters have had in yeah. a movie. But it's it's like an Glenn influenced thing, but I don't think that if Glenn was working on the next movie that he would be animating it in the same style. But this was it was a really, really controlled, you know, no kinda 
here's your bag of tricks on how you do a take or, you know, how you do a head turn. It's like, it's not based on sort of formula stuff. It's based on kind of really, what is this person thinking? What is this person feeling? And animating that rather than kind of the cartoon convention. Another thing that the directors, the directors labored over the storyboard so much that by the time you got issued the shot, everything had been thought about and uh, planned out and uh, simplified to what that scene needed to be. And it was, uh, we heard all the time, just do it some less. He's just standing there in this one drawing in the right. storyboard and that's what we want. Don't make it move so it wasn't a gesture festival like some other animated features you've seen. Right, how do you keep them alive in that one strong pose? Yeah, we just want this idea. Stop moving him around so much. And I remember there being some talk about that too, you know, outside where we were like, man, really? What? Wow, is that the right choice? And then when you watch a sequence in its entirety, you're blown away by how right. You're less you know. distracted by all the animation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first shot I worked on here was a shot with Flynn, and he just raises one eyebrow. It's after Rapunzel's telling him that she never breaks a promise. And I just came from Blue Sky, and the animation style there is much more broad and cartoony. And so <clears throat> I start the shot, and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be done with this in a week. This is easy. So I showed my blocking, and they're like, yeah, just you know, pull it back, maybe half, half of that. And so I think I do that, and then when I show again, they're like, no, no, keep pulling it back. And I probably spent two weeks on this, like, 28-frame shot. <laughs> so I, I came to my desk from the next morning, and, and Nathan had drawn these two drawings of Flint's face. And the only difference in the second drawing was that one eyebrow was lifted higher. <laughs> <laughs> said, do this at the bottom. There's that one stab can shot at, in sequence 18 when it's just like when Flynn bumps into him and looks up and who did that show? Was it Joe? Bauer. I think it was Bowers. Bowers, oh. yeah. And it was like he had some eye animation right and said, take that out. Then there was, they were breathing, and they are like, take out the breathing. And I think they realized it in Sweatbox when they saw it again, all cut together, like, there was no animation in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, well, maybe put back some of the breathing. <laughs> so we went back and added the breath, but uh, like that's how much they were pulling back on shots. Want to talk about the breathing? Um, <laughs> it always felt like you, you, know, you would put it in, you'd think it would be too much, and then they would want more. And yeah. I remember us talking. I did a bunch of shots, kind of got, it was like a job master note where we had to go back into a bunch of shots and just add more breathing. Yeah, yeah especially the singing, all the singing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was this the first musical for everyone? Yep. Yeah. We didn't realize how much the inhale kind of lent itself to the song. So. Yeah, and we didn't have the best playback room either, so we would. You wouldn't hear the breath. Watch it. You wouldn't hear the breath, and you go down to editorial. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's not animated. So and you look at uh, Donna Murphy's performance, and her inhales were yeah. huge. Yeah, she has yeah. huge inhales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice lungs. Yeah. <laughs> she was a great reference, though. Yeah. Watching her, even you know, shots like this, it was great. 
great to watch her. I did some of the stuff where she's yelling up to the tower, and I got a lot of my hand motion, and she did weird, shaky stuff with her hands that I directly stole from the, the recordings. Uh, going back to like, kind of what we pulled away, kind of what we, things we learned and kind of <clears throat> carry over now. Just hearing Glenn talk recently at the Inspire Days, uh, he kind of brought up how Towards the end, the animators were like thinking, it was like this saying, like WWGKD, what did Glenn Keane do? And then like the animator would go back to their desk and like, while working on their shot, they would, instead of like settling, they would kind of come back and say, okay, start imagining what Glenn might draw on top of the shot and kind of trying to get that in there before they even... It became like a game, like, can I get Glenn to not draw on my shot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's like... And we all failed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good thing to take. Like, I was looking at a 2D test today, and I, I said the thing of, like, if Glenn was looking at this, he would say this. It's like, and it's yeah. not, I think, after a while, it's not just what would Glenn say, but it's like, we're something we're taking with ourselves, and it's part of our to, arsenal now. You start to so, anticipate... Yeah, this is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then it's not just like, oh, I don't know how to put this. It's just like, what is it? What is actually the thing that he's doing when he draws? And that's something that I feel like I personally took away from this film. That I used to think that it was enough to move the body as a whole, believably. But what he really showed is that the body, the, the torso, and the hips and the shoulders and the relationship of all those pieces can work together to express emotion, and they can have a harmony to them. And the, each character can kind of be a, like a very well-assembled, like harmonious collection of, of their parts so that it all kind of flows together and hangs together. And he would always say, tilt rhythm and twist. twist, right? Tilt, rhythm, and twist, tilt, rhythm, and twist. And those were, that was something that you could apply to the face. You could apply to almost just any component of any character or the whole character all at once. Uh, like how, if you just move the shoulders, cant them one way, and you move the hips up the opposite way, and then, then so there's a little bit of an S-curve from the head down to the hips. And those are the kinds of things like when you, talk about what would Glenn do, what would Glenn do, those are actually the things that he kept drilling into us and that we would end up doing when we go back to our desks. And I think that this, the general asymmetry, looking for an appeal and a focus in the eyes, um, and the asymmetry in the mouth, like there is kind of like a playlist of things he would come back to time and time again. Um, but ultimately, like that's, that's one thing that I think really is in kind of Disney's DNA is they They've always found a way for their characters to really hang together. Not, not just that the characters are well designed, but the characters are posed within their own design in a way that really makes sense specifically for each design. Um, and I think Rapunzel, he just had a really great handle of this young teenage girl that was kind of grew up barefoot and, and the way she occupied her own body and moved around the room was very. He, he did this pencil test that really felt great, um, very natural, and, and um, the way he would talk about her really came through in the way he drew her, and that kind of infected the whole way that we thought about her and the way we would move her and pose her. 
Um, but in terms of the minimalism, it feels like, to me, if he he would show you just one pose that works so well, it was so so it looked so good and was it just felt nice enough that it didn't need animation because it could just sit there and be pleasing enough as its own on its own as a drawing as a visual of the character just sitting there. So it didn't need to actually move that much. And that supported that kind of minimalist ideas that the directors were, were bringing to the sequences. So this awesome shot by Tony. This whole sequence is some of the first animation that got done um, on the movie. Although it didn't really get done. It was, since it was the first stuff, we ended up going back and revisiting this stuff a lot. and. We didn't have hair for a long time, so obviously shots like this uh, got worked over a lot. But this was kind of us kind of figuring out who these characters are and how we're, how we're supposed to move them and what looks good and what we should never do again. How many yeah. injuries does he incur? <laughs> <laughs> it's like six. I love I love how he's like he's like hit in the head and like slammed into a log and like all these things and he survives yet he gets stabbed by a tiny little knife and dies. What? <laughs> Don't spoil the ending. Oh, come on. <laughs> was my one shot. Woo! <laughs> 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 Want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's if I go back and think about the first time I saw Glenn draw over a shot, and like you know he just attacked it like. No holding back, and like I remember him drawing the shoulder. It was like way up here next to the head, and I'm just like, what is he doing? Like, and then you see it all come together, and you're just like, holy crap, that's like, that's Ariel. That's like all the stuff that he does, like twisting and pushing and like wringing everything out of the characters, and it was it was like shocking at first. Like, what is he? He's like pushing us way too far, and after a while, it's like it just became so natural and so just you wanted to. You had to like, like I said, just like try to predict what Glenn would ask for. And uh, I think it's just so good at zeroing in on the storytelling pose, you know, what's really the essence of the scene. So cool. This was the first sequence we did, right? Yeah, this yeah. is an example of, this sequence went in production with an earlier version of a puzzle that didn't really work as well as we hoped. And we actually went back and took the upgraded Rapunzel and put her put her all the way through the, the sequence again. Redid all the shots with the upgraded rig. The animation didn't change a lot. It was just the shape of the brows and her neck and her shoulders. Wasn't her arms too? Oh, yeah. there's, there's the eyebrow shot. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks, baby. Two weeks. <laughs> so we were worried about this new guy, Malcolm. <laughs> Flynn's kind of different in this sequence, though, because we had done a, a teaser with him in it that he was pretty much worked out by the time this, this started, right? So you'd have a lot of these shots that were you know, completely polished and ready to go on Flynn's side, and Rapunzel still wasn't there and bald. Yeah. <laughs> that teaser was the teaser <clears throat> in Japan, right? Did they use a lot of those shots in the trailer? Yeah, Parts yeah. of it they did. Yeah. I guess the idea behind that was to kind of get the pipeline going and figure out how we're actually going to make the movie you know, as a short. In one of those teaser shots where Flynn is stashing 
Share it with all of us, Darren. <laughs> when, uh, yes, Darren? In, in the teaser shot, uh, Flynn breaks into the tower and he starts stealing stuff because he's a thief. And uh, I had my shot pretty well blocked out and was starting to uh, break it down. And uh, Glenn stops me in the hall and goes, I've been thinking about your shot. <laughs> and that's never a good thing. <laughs> that's never like... I've been thinking about your shot, and it's awesome, and keep going. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always, I really think we ought to do this, and he totally flipped the intention and his uh, and Flynn's thought process, and uh, it turned out so much better. And that's what happens when you're constantly thinking about how to improve everything. There's another sequence of shots by the amazing Tony Smead. Um, I love just the run. Uh, so much character in it. it. Makes me want to roll in grass. Yes. It's <laughs> like an allergy commercial. Can you tell she likes musicals? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick! <laughs> <laughs> more Patrick. Don't tell anyone. These are some more shots that are direct lifts from the storyboards. I mean, most of them are just one or two poses, and... and this is where I think, and this is where the movie really kicks it into gear and starts to pick up and be really fun. Yeah. And, uh, you saw that from the boards right away, so as you start to animate these shots, you're just like, I don't want to screw this up. This is where it's really working, so you do yeah. exactly what's in the boards, and it, and it works well. By far the most common comment in daily sessions was, can we bring up the storyboards? <laughs> so it was just, it was so well-defined. Um, you knew exactly what you had to do. So yay, story team. Yay. Like yeah. You feel like an idiot, too. <laughs> the boards, and it's like, this shot. Oh, here. Yeah. Should have done that. <laughs> Changed your mind on that one? Those little cutaways. Those little cutaways of Rapunzel wiping her nose and sniffling. That's when I was like, oh, Joel. That's how I was feeling at the time. <laughs> I mean, I, I they just played really fresh to me. Really simple and really appealing. It's good. <clears throat> Should we talk about Pascal? This looks just like Darren Butters. Hey! Uh, yeah, I shot some reference for this. I got to shove you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kira pushed me across the reference room. <laughs> It's like, oh, I forgot Pascal. <laughs> 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 he, he 
black team were dropping, so it was doing right. So yeah. that was the note normally. Yeah. Just to he does what Rapunzel is like. <laughs> he looks at what Rapunzel looks. He's just like his Rapunzel was subtle, right? And then and the chameleon was like this slightly more cartoony, exaggerated version of her emotion at exactly. that time. Yeah. <laughs> in an IMDb, they, they call out every time that we, as a goof, every time that we hid Rapun- or Pascal behind her shoulder in her hair. Oh, really? Those are messes? Yeah. Did we mess up? No. No. We don't think we did. We chose every time. <laughs> there is a lot of times we had to cheat where the hair was in the next shot. Yeah. Um, if you had 70 feet of hair and were dragging them, Long, it'd be it'd be tangled. And, oh, oh, is that what we call it? Get out! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, talking about Maximus, I think it was interesting. Like Danny, you did that test. Like, how many weeks were you here? Like three uh, weeks. One day. One day. Yeah. So the first day. It was you were my here, first assignment, I think. Yeah, you grabbed the rig and you animated. I think Lino told me, you know, just, we, we we need some tests with this character, you know, some action acting. And I did the sniffing and sort of realizing something that the fling was here. And I don't know, I was, I was really scared that maybe the director won't like it or I don't know. It's my first animation that I show in the dailies. It was super exciting moment and I was glad that it got a good response. Yeah. I just remember Glenn saying, that's our horse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it was just kind of a just watershed moment for the horse, just to have one test that everyone was like, "Yes, that's the character." Yeah. The, game, the start of Maximus, in a lot of ways, felt really good. Yeah, and that kind of fits the the idea of not having character soups. Is we always sell that's always a selling point of like, well, if we don't have soups, then it's kind of an open field for anybody to contribute, so that. Somewhere, somewhere in that group, someone's going to stumble across a character-defining moment that's going to launch it to another level, and that's a good example of something like that happening. Um, yeah, I was, I was really nervous early on because I, you know, I've worked here forever, and it's all about the characters and the leads, and they own that thing. And I was like, I, I loved that idea, you know. And I, I went through that, and I did that, and then on this movie, I was like, all right, now that I'm not going to be doing one of those, no one will. <laughs> that choice of like the characters will find themselves out of the crew and it, I don't see I, I, I think it's actually better this way for me it's just to see the crew do it and everyone agrees on this character and we're like finding all the facets of these characters all together it's just and then everyone's got an opportunity to expand this universe of this character and say well they would do this in this situation everyone kind of look at yeah, yeah I never thought of that and it just becomes another part of the character um, versus someone saying to you like oh no they don't do that and Oh, he wouldn't raise his eyebrow like that. And that's really, to me, kind of stifling. And uh, it worked out. So the pub. Chad Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to be Nathan. That one plug in the back, right? Yeah, Greta. Greta. When you see the 40 characters all grabbing onto one guy. I mean, it's not mine, but. Yeah, we had 
21 thugs, plus three extra guys in the balcony with hats on. <laughs> it's just not the amount of guards, the interaction with them is so hard to get in. I yeah. didn't do the shot, but uh, I can imagine how, how difficult it is. This is Joel's awesome shot. Became an internet meme. Yeah. <laughs> hipster yeah, Hipster, hipster Rapunzel. Rapunzel. <laughs> <laughs> what happened with it? They put the glasses on. They put glasses on, on there that and turned into a hipster. Oh. <laughs> 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 so we're going to sing along. Long monster one. <laughs> what is Jamal? I've seen it for a while. He is missing all the fun. <laughs> so, not having animated songs, did you guys animate differently? I mean, I don't think you do. It's still a performance. You just open the mouth longer, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel like the rhythm or the shot is a little more, uh, it's a little easier because it's predefined. Yeah, you, don't to, you don't have to figure that out as much. Uh, it's kind of the difference between doing a pantomime test and a dialogue test. You've got like benchmarks and with music, it's just that much more because, mm -hmm. you know, the rhythm and the music and along with the dialogue. One funny thing about Hook Hand is that uh, I forget what happened one day, but for some for some reason <laughs> someone had to hide. I think it was Patrick. Did you have to hide the hook? Because yes. you for some efficiency sake I forget what it was. And it turns out that Hook Hand has a teeny tiny little baby hand <laughs> scaled down under the hook. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was easier for the modelers to, to keep him symmetrical or whatever for whatever reason. So for rigging or something. All the, all the characters had the same uh, geometric topology. It turns out, so they Man. had to. Leave the hand. We laughed for hours. And I, could stop, <laughs> I could not stop laughing at his stupid looking little hand. It was like the size. It was like it was like that. Um, it was like the size of a thimble. I mean, it's just yeah. this tiny little hand. Yeah. 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 I remember the long hand. Jeez. Yeah. 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 You're so embarrassed by Zachary Parrish on sec. The show's this uh, whole sequence is also a little bit, a little bit loose as far as the, uh, the realism and a lot more cartoony than the other shots in the movie. So yeah, it was fun. It was you, could, fun. you could have shots where they were super restrained and super realistic, and then you could do a shot where you had some crazy smear frames and stuff like that, and it just had to be appropriate to the shot, um, something like that, you know, where there's some smear in there, which is really nice. It's fun to have the whole variety in one show. Did we make and rig that goat character for that one shot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the background. Did we miss the Pinocchio? Uh, oh yeah, Pinocchio was yeah, on the show. We missed it. Oh, it's coming oh. up now. Oh, oh no, 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 we missed it. Hey, 
his his Greta with his tattoo. Does he have the stars? Yeah, he's got the same. Oh, okay. He's just dancing. I didn't even know it was there until I watched. No, that's Danny. That's me. Yeah. Oh, the warthog. Yeah, he did that. Oh, really? The hog. The most complicated shot. <laughs> I think really interesting thing is there aren't any shots that aren't well done. You know, like even out of that whole sequence, all those quick little pieces, like we went over those things like crazy just to make sure that the weight was right, the contact was right, and every shot got the same amount of detail. Which is kind of crazy and maybe not very efficient, but <laughs> it was good so in the fast. end. Everyone's favorite thug. <laughs> Short, 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 This was really painful in dailies. The shot of the um, guy getting his head smashed. Yeah. Marlon, Marlon Nolan. We're like, wow, well, is no that going to be? No weed. No weed. No weed. What's, What's his last name? <laughs> <laughs> no weed. Uh, I remember uh, Glenn drew a big R rated on top of it because he thought it wouldn't. You know, it was too violent. So I had to like keep dialing it back. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you took that idea and you just like. You went way further than anyone expected. <laughs> Everyone, when they saw that type of shot for the first time, was like, oh! Yeah. Well, I added, I, we always get the sound and then that we put under a shot, and I added like a skull crushing. <laughs> <laughs> so it played the first time, it went like, <laughs> and I was like, oh! <laughs> and the thing was Byron, he said, let's turn off the sound. <laughs> and then it played less violent. I have another shot later in the movie where Flynn. Gets smacked against uh, the, the bars in the jail, and I had a couple of frames of like his nose completely breaking and <laughs> you know pushing it, and it was the same note like ah oh, no 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 <laughs> too much. I'm quite violent. Everyone likes funny your last name. The first rock shot, right? Yeah, Cool stuff to see coming out of lighting. Mm. It was always cool to see something out of lighting because it was mm. always completely different from what you were picturing in your head. And it was lit? Yeah. <laughs> 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 stop talking. <laughs> I, I didn't realize until this was in yeah. lighting that this was outside. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I thought they were in a cave. <laughs> This to me always felt a little bit like Indiana Jones. Like I remember watching when it came out of lighting. I used to. I, I remember thinking like, oh man, people are gonna love this because it just felt it had that's that. Like, Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yeah, like, that's what it looks like. And who doesn't love Disney? Yes, here it is. It's Ninja Rapunzel. Mm -hmm. And the Zach Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was a fun <laughs> section to do because there were the storyboards weren't very defined. For this stuff, so I got to got to actually play with it a little bit choreography-wise, and I went back to layout, and they redid the cameras, and 
then I got to redo the animation to the new cameras. What do you mean? Two times the clock. I was honored. <laughs> no, it was, that, that, was, uh, that was a really fun sequence to work on. Didn't this almost take you a day to do? <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> Did you shoot video reference in fighting? No video reference. Wow. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Darn. And yet he survives. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that is keeping him completely still there on the beat. And not even any moving halt. I thought that was going to be a note from somebody. Did you get my Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this you, uh, John? Snick. That was John Cars jumping John Cars. off the cliff. It's like this puddle was here, otherwise that would hurt your feet. She has calluses. Zach, and Zach animated the crashing wood. <laughs> Did you shoot video reference for him? <laughs> yeah. He built a giant system. <laughs> <laughs> well, now this is a lot of water. <laughs> I remember watching this in theaters the first time and just being completely blown away by this. This yeah. water right here. Amazing. There's so much weight and power behind it. Uh, scale. Remember that shot where, where they're running towards camera and Daly's Glenn drew a giant T-Rex chasing them? <laughs> <laughs> he just he animated it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when he yeah. gets a shot like that, he's like, he does every frame and... Uh, <laughs> He does it while like the directors are talking over the shot. He's like, Seek. and then he'll just like push play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, you should talk about your little joke you did with Pascal floating to the. Top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you feel you feel you do kind of depressed working on shots where the characters are dying. <laughs> they're talking about how they're gonna die. So I I just kind of killed Pascal. And, Shot. <laughs> Kira and I worked up. Yeah, it was right at the moment where Rapunzel says, "Like this is all my fault. I never should have done this." this and, and, and Pascal just floats up. <laughs> <laughs> and he stays there like a yeah, like, rock, just face down in the water. <laughs> no, nobody even pays attention to him. <laughs> well, the shot was like 50 feet, so it was a, it was a good way to get him extra animation out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Lighting in the sequence is awesome. Just makes you feel claustrophobic. Yeah. And the stereo was really good in the theaters. When I first saw this in the storyboards, I thought they were dead. Yes, I thought they were dead. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know how to get out of this. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> guess writing this movie really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Our heroes drown in the cave. I also loved it in this sequence. This is one of the first times, I think it's the first time Rapunzel cries in the movie, right? And I remember Glenn. I think it was you and John, Glenn and John, talking about how the ugly face is really important when someone cries. And I think, like, it's true. The ugly face, like, I totally buy it. You know, every time I watch the sequence, I really feel like she's really crying. And I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe it's just a bias, but I feel like that a lot of studios wouldn't do that. They wouldn't go for the. Well, some actresses don't do it. And they yeah. It's kind of a category of actress that will let themselves just be overcome with emotional, like a Meryl Streep type person, where love. Let themselves do the ugly face. <laughs> uh, thought it would be a lot more powerful if she went there too. So. Yeah. Big shout out to the hair crew. Amazing yeah. stuff yeah. underwater hair. Yeah. yeah. The effects team did all this underwater stuff. Oh. Wow. Hair and cloth. Yeah. 
That's going to be a new ride. <laughs> They're going to sell tangled ponchos for them. <laughs> this was one of the shots that were done very late. Remember Joe Bowers doing Rapunzel? Yeah. Zach did Flynn, right? Yeah, I did Flynn. We, yeah, it was very end of production. It kind of slipped by, and so we had pretty limited time to knock that one out. Was, was that your last shot? One of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like to key frame eight frames before the end of my shot. <laughs> we saw this and we're like, man, that cape is cool looking. That was one of the earlier um, cape sims on Gothel, right? Oh, yeah. Mark, you really enjoyed that cape. <laughs> <laughs> she had this stupid look. Take credit for anything on this movie. It will be convincing Nathan that she had to have this cape. No sleeves. Um, no sleeves. That was worth it. That was totally worth it. Mark walked around with the drawing of a cape for two weeks. <laughs> and then I walked around with an Still actual cape for two months. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking by the animation pit, and Mark's just standing there going, from the mirror, I just kind of stopped and that was before we knew the cape was even going to be on her. Did you make that cape? Uh, no, Ted made that. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We never named the Stabbington brothers, did we? Patchy. Patchy. Patchy and Patchy and not Patchy. Not Patchy. Patchy and Chops. Patchy and Chops. They don't even say their name in the movie, though, right? Yeah. No. Horizontal scar, vertical scar. <laughs> It's a nice sequence. Yes, yeah, uh, it's my favorite sequence. It's just two people talking, and I feel like real people. And it came at a nice kind of sweet spot in the production where we really started hitting our stride, I think. And um, when you watch it with kids, though, they added these these Pascal shots were in there, um, and the, the kids they would always kind of keep the kids going. Like my kids in particular, when you're sitting in the theater, they're just like, they get really bored with adult conversation and they would see the Pascal shot to kind of keep them going a little. And then later in the sequence, they have a little insert shot of her, of Pascal kind of sympathetically like leaning his head, her, his head on her foot. And they added that in and when you watch it with kids, it's like amazing because they're just about to lose it. <laughs> they just can't take it anymore, all this grown-up talk. And then they see that one little shot of Pascal, it's like a shot of like heroin. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, thank God. But keep hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I, think, uh, I remember when uh, the sequence didn't have all those shots, and then John Lester, this was one of those moments where like, this guy's crazy, but he like wanted all these extra Pascal shots. We're like, this is going to ruin the sequence, right? And yeah. it actually does make it better. <laughs> This uh, shot where she touches her hair a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like all the other shots where she touches her hair a lot. Well, didn't they have a freak out when they were, whenever you'd hand them a shot and they'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love this. Is this you, Becky? Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
this stuff is really great because she's like letting it out for the first time and she's looking at him like, do you think I'm a freak kind of thing? And it really plays clearly. In that pose. Yeah. 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 That's one of my favorite poses in the movie. Nathan always would get very particular about how these people were. Um, whenever there's like a first date kind of thing, especially in the lantern sequence, and also when they're walking in the cave and there's this kind of flirting going on, he would be very, very particular about how these like micro beats of how they're playing off each other. And uh, it made for a lot of really rich detail, I think, in. And the way he thought about it would kind of, we kind of absorbed that and it would kind of fill the sequence with a lot of richness in their personality that I don't know if it would have had otherwise. And then that, again, like coupling that, all that subtle ideas mixed with Gladden kind of illustrating it for you as you're going through it really made for a really appealing, appealing performances. Awesome couple shots by Jen. And mm-hmm. Lena DeSalvo there of Flynn. Really nice stuff. It's funny when you be careful what you wish for. It's like, oh, I want this long monologue where he just, it's all, it, and then they give it to you and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> what was the discussion on that shot, Chad? Um, the directors didn't, I don't think they wanted the hand to come up and the, like, hold the hand up there. So I, I took it out and then Glenn came by my desk. And he's like, you know, I saw your shot. I really like what you're doing with the hand. I to talk to them. And then, and then he came back and he's like, Stellan, you're good to go. They didn't, they didn't want it to seem like Flynn likes her because she's got this magic power. Right? Yeah, yeah. But he, he used to rub his hand more like overtly. He, he brought it up higher, I think. And then he just kind of minimized it, like almost, minimized it almost like an afterthought felt more mm-hmm. natural, I think, in the end. Mm-hmm. This is where animating the villain really gets fun. Mm-hmm. This is all leading up to a electrifying Mark Mitchell extravaganza. <laughs> 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 you know that video reference on yeah. <laughs> That's the name of his first album. <laughs> It's either that or gesture parade. It's the diva, it's the cape, all coming to this. It's the fog. You have a YouTube channel, right, where you saved all this stuff. <laughs> if well, not, just scroll down on uh, Clay's podcast, and he's going to upload it. So uh, yeah. your 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 reference will be online, right? Nice. <laughs> I always wanted Flynn to come back and go, what was all that singing? <laughs> Did you hear that? Because it was loud. Orchestra here. <laughs> Love these shots. Yeah, Patrick goes. Wasn't there something about the strap in that shot that you, like, <laughs> there was a note you couldn't do it that way, and you were, like, just bound and determined that you were going to make sure that the strap went around her body? Like Someone that. said you can't do it that way, but we just did it. Yeah. That was kind of the name of the movie sometimes. <laughs> it was just like, we're just going to do it. 
My nephew, when he watched this in the theater, uh, when she did that, he goes, that is one crazy old lady. <laughs> Amy was showing me some video of, I think she's like a three-year-old girl or something, acting that entire sequence out. It's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Awesome. Yeah. Young girls are relating to the villain. <laughs> what have we done? So, you know, John, he made these little vignettes on paper of like, 
these three people are doing this, and we hand each of those out to everyone on the crew. You guys all know this. I'm talking to the microphones right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so every animator took a little piece, animated character doing something, and then I took all those for these big shots and just used those and put them like this shot is like probably 40 people's work, and then I just figured out how to coordinate it all and smash it all yeah. together. But I think it ends up being this thing where there isn't a robot in the background like looking at an empty window. You know? <laughs> yeah, one thing we kind of figured out like when you have a people just don't usually walk alone in, in an environment like a marketplace or something they're actually there as a couple or they're a small family or there's a group of guys talking together or these kind of small groupings of people that are interacting they they make a lot more sense than just these kind of lone figures kind of really mindlessly across the landscape you know? I think we passed them. Oh, oh we passed them yeah Shit. That's what? You and me. <laughs> yeah, no cursing and commentary. <laughs> Remember in Bailey's when I think it was Glad drove that little boy? Put him in a gold tooth and chains. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, here's your favorite movie. Wasn't that Ron? It was Ron, Ron Smith. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the cool things about the town that Clay was doing also was making a little story for each group. Like this guy went and bought potatoes, and then he's going to get he's going to get the, the parsnips or whatever the, the ingredients for this, and then he's the bread now, and now they're ready for dinner. I don't think it made a difference, <laughs> but it was fun. It was kind of like this added work on top of our day job, so we'd be here till two and for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then we would go to the go to the theater, sit down at the premiere, oh. and it was like. Wham! The whole sequence just came and went in five minutes. Uh, was, it was, was just so devastating. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Oh. <laughs> I have to mention this uh, the shot where he just throws the bag. Miyuki did that shot right. Oh, yes. She was so accurate. The sim almost landed on the dock. <laughs> like it was, a, it was a simulation where he lets go. And it almost made it. <laughs> <laughs> Expected to just like fly off into the distance or land in the water, but it was like so close. <laughs> this sequence, when they first boarded it, um, and it still plays out that way for the first part of the song, but when the singing begins, it's in, it's kind of imagined that it's in her head, what she's thinking and wishing for. And when that went to, uh, that was up for a screening, and I think John, I think we were already kind of saying like, I kind of just wish they had just burst into song because at one point Flynn starts singing too and it's kind of this this duet of them looking at the lanterns and looking at each other and getting closer and closer but they're not singing you just hear their voices singing and there was a big um, John Lasseter review and he's like I'm kind of thinking they should just burst into song here and we're like yes because <laughs> yeah. um, it felt like this it was such a seamless like entry into these characters singing in a very classic Disney musical kind of way, but it felt like a very natural pathway into it. I gotta stop here. This is Wayne's show. Oh, God. Like, cry, cry right now. Okay, but the best part is right here. His goop shot was he had, had hands keep coming up. <laughs> There's like a third hand that comes up. <laughs> I think it's just like just found the perfect expression, the perfect pose, and didn't have to move at all, but man, when people see that shot, they, that, oh, yeah. that's like the first cry in the movie, right? Yeah. A lot of people. Amazing. Yours was the town phone. Yeah. 
I love how this really feels like a community thing here. It feels like you know, Fourth of July on the river watching fireworks or something. You know, like everyone's in. How many lanterns were in this? Seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more than fifteen. Like two thousand people in that courtyard, I think. But those are actually people in there. I love it. <laughs> and in the boats. There's people on the boats doing boat. stuff. Yeah. Those are like the lowest rooms we have. The blobs? Yeah, the blobs. The blobs. <laughs> but they all have stories, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their eyes look like they're soft shut. <laughs> Walking around. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Kira will sing. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. <laughs> but what if it's not everything? <laughs> You get to sing another song. <laughs> Find a new singer. <laughs> this was that moment where they kept saying, "This is this is what this whole movie's been leading up to. This is her big. This is what she's wanted all her life, and you really felt the work that had uh, gone into." This, the, the choreography of this entire sequence. This was definitely a 3D moment too, I felt like, of the movie that worked best. When you saw this in 3D in the theater, it was just like amazing. I like how you can't tell where the water is because the reflection is so clear and it looks like they're floating in space. It's a lot of effects, but every one of those lanterns has a fire inside. Wait, so they're not actually in space? <laughs> <laughs> Where did he get those lanterns? I, I do think uh, all the departments on this show really gave it their all. I mean, we were doing these scenes knowing that they're important, knowing these characters have to go through these motions and emotions and, and hoping that it'll look good, <laughs> you know? But then when we, I think we saw the stuff and it just made it even better and better. I think every department took what we did and effects and lighting here and, and even the sim team and just totally brought us to this place that we never thought it would be or hoped it would be. I remember sitting in the theater with my son and he was trying to grab the lanterns because it's 3D oh. and this came so close to it, it's crazy how like pushed it was. And then everything caught fire. <laughs> it's also my son's fault. <laughs> Can we cut that? Yeah. <laughs> a brief John Wong moment there. Here we go. <laughs> Sing, Kira. <laughs> this was like a, like a, I don't know. This, this was my, my life is complete. This moment that I got to do it, breaking out into song, Disney musical. <laughs> it looks amazing. That was another good example of breathing too during that shot. Yeah, that one we kept going back and forth on how much to breathe and how much not to breathe. Yeah. <clears throat> Did we redo that shot like three times just for breathing? Yeah, it kept John Lasseter kept saying more and more and more. And every time those breaths weren't super simple, you had to like build it into the spine and everything. Yeah. Really basic. So you can't just scale the chest. No. <laughs> <laughs> <a> breathing slider. <laughs> Sorry, Darren, your shots are shoot. Done. 
But he's referenced also in this. scroll down an animation podcast. This is one of my favorite shots in the movie right here. This one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so simple and yeah. But there's so much thought going on. Yeah. You know. That and all the townspeople. <laughs> <laughs> Like you were saying about uh, each department given they're all, a lot of, I, I think anybody who's worked on a movie has seen some part of the process where it looks great in storyboard, and then when you animate it, it gets too complicated, and then when they put the texture on it, you're like, oh, really? And then they light it, and you're like, what? <laughs> and you get to see it in the theater, and you're like, wow, that really wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but with this movie... Every part of the process, every step that you saw, it got better and better and more exciting and, and uh, yeah, you couldn't wait to see your scene and like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it was funny. The energy in the studio, everyone was like on a ten, just like knowing that this. Like I think there was a point. I don't know at some point through it where everyone knew this was going to be awesome, you know, and everyone just poured themselves into it and like. And people were dragging and their eyes were saggy and every time you'd see people at overtime dinner, you know, it was like, it was hard work and not just our department, every department, but then people just sacrificed big time. Yeah, it was a, definitely a uh, <clears throat> managerial choice from Ed to not move the release date when we had to kind of reboot the story and everyone thought it was crazy <clears throat> in the ways it was, but it also forced us into this mode of working where there were no second chances to make this as good as possible. I think for some reason it switched us over to this mode of just like being as good as we could all the time. And, uh, you know, we ended up animating the movie in about eight months, right? Yeah. Which is a record for, as far as I know, any place. With the amount of people we had too, it was yeah. something to show for. Yeah, it's really amazing. Was it 50 animators? Yeah, about you know, 48 plus three that didn't animate. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done as much overtime and as much work and put as much of myself into it if it weren't something as fantastic as this movie either. Because you knew that every every ounce of energy you put into it, it was you were going to get back, you know, in the theaters and stuff. Yeah. A big fat pitch. Head. Oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> or not. These shots crush me too. Yeah. I don't know. Who did this? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Thanks for making me cry, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Great gothel shot. Hey, where's Wayne? Henry. Yeah, Wayne's gonna make us cry. He did that in Bolt too. Bolt, he had that shot to yeah. make everybody cry. Where the carrot? Bolt's looking at Penny. Yeah. Uh, he realizes that. Yeah. He can so do that. Fire's been replaced. Wayne cries a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he talks about. He's not here. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Those moments where an animator defines something. Like Henry did that shot where Gothel opens her arms up, and we, that happens three times in the movie. It was, this became this motif with Gothel and Rapunzel, this callback, and 
once Henry did that, we kind of went back to the others and said, make it feel like that, because that is exactly the moment or the motion we want. Why does he need the chorus? I don't understand. <laughs> Stupid seeds. Now the horse goes and tells the thugs. <laughs> you guys. He was down the well. I need help. Timmy's trapped in a well. Ten words. Bristled. This is cool too, where like Flynn grabs his neck. Yeah, I like how there's there's so many instances in, the, instances in this film that they didn't put dialogue in, or they actually removed dialogue where it was unnecessary. It's just so much stronger for that. Yeah, I remember sequence four when the guards are chasing Flynn. The captain was like saying all this crap, and yeah. he's like, "There he goes." <laughs> <laughs> we got him now. Oh, no, that's <laughs> Stripped out like half of that, and it was so much better. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this used to be all one sequence, right? And then they decided to cut <clears throat> between the two. Yeah, yeah. It was all Flynn in jail, and all Rapunzel and Gotham. And then in editorial, there's uh, Tim Merton started mashing it all together and cutting back and forth. And we, the content didn't change, but just the order showing it, and it really hmm. jumped the movie up. Yeah. Remember, they had a lot of. I had to let, spend a lot of time on how Rapunzel was going to realize she was the princess. And they had other versions, and they screened them, and everybody was like, that, that's not believable. She would not figure it out that way. And then they came up with this, where she figures out through the flower. That's pretty cool. They had one version that was actually writ written on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you are the lost princess. It work. It really work. Spam email. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a version where uh, Pascal is he has the, the sun pattern on his side and he crawls up the wall and then she realizes that it's all beautiful minds. Ow him. No inside her head. We're blurry. <laughs> Seen have it synced up right, otherwise, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flynn's already dying, and they're like, What are they saying? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Again. Spoiler. These were some shots that I saw on storyboards way back when, and I was so pumped for whoever got to animate them. And then I found out that I got to do these shots of him knocking out the guards, and I was so excited. <laughs> Did you shoot reference for that one, too? No. In the theater for that shot, Marlon, there was a kid sitting next to me here when his face got slammed against the, the bars. Daddy, I'm scared. <laughs> Marlon does scare people. <laughs> Why makes me cry, Marlon? John, John Long. And Malcolm. That was fun, too, because John did Rapunzel and I did Gothel. So you got to kind of stay in your own character. Have to worry about switching up, changing gears. Oh, she did oh, it now. What? <laughs> Adam Green? Yeah. Yeah, nice. 
still remember the footage you shot. Yes, you being Rapunzel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't we? I, I remember shooting reference with you, um, and you and Zach at one point for the for the shoving shot, and we I remember like. We were really shoving each other for the horse the, the horse stuff. Yeah. yeah, but we took my stuffed animal of Bolt and like pretended it was the horse's face or something and kept shoving him. There's a hoot. My favorite reference, I think, is uh, the four guys grabbing Flynn in jail and mm-hmm. dragging him off screen. Him and John and uh, a couple other guys. Yeah, they all beat up on Tony. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the guard on, on the left. <laughs> Remember when Hiram hurt his knee or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome carry animation. I got all the angry shots, I'm not angry. Sandstrom did all this mind yeah. stuff. Yeah. Joe Byros. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept joking that the mind was modeled after Sandstrom. Shaved his head after he had it too. To try to look like Joe Byros. Joe Byros shot. And there's uh, three pigeons from Bolt, right? shot of Maximus, I just did an eye dart. There. Those guys are so bad. Yeah, they're terrible. They're like six meters ever. A whole lot of horse I think at the beginning of production, Alex Cooperschmidt said, I want the most craziest, action-packed, complicated shots in the movie. And he got them. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those also majestic yeah. Disney moments right yeah. here. The music builds and all that. Hel- I don't know where they got the helicopter. It's a lantern when it came. It's a lantern. I'll step up two seconds later. Yeah, when we saw the lighting in this sequence, we're like, oh, cool. The weather changed. <laughs> <laughs> Slider. Patrick, did you do all this hair animation? I did it once, and I think it was. Um, yeah. We just kept reusing. I think it was reused, like eight times. Yeah, we would like to spin it and let it go down and tweak it. And <laughs> just kept reusing it. It's too hard to do. It's great. Yeah. 
awesome. So, there it is. I love the hiring oh, someone tied up. Clean this knife in. That was one of the goofs in IMDb, too. There's no blood on the knife. Uh, okay. Yeah. The goof would have been PG 13. <laughs> <laughs> Is, you think it's because it's CG and not hand animated? Because I remember in Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. you know, there's blood on the knife. I know. So it's like, I remember being disappointed. Ouch! There's, like, there's, there's some blood in CG movies too. Yeah. Oh. Physics models and all. Kira. 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 It was very cathartic. <laughs> I could get all my aggression yeah, out. It's probably like doing these kinds of shots, you have a headache for the rest of the week. <laughs> You're like frowning in the mirror all the time. <laughs> hard to do, it's hard work. This is Joel Reed again. This? Yep, really nice, subtle stuff. <laughs> these are my last shots in the movie. So it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, 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 it really, yeah. Zach so and I were talking about the fact how we miss animating Flynn. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, because we yeah. have these trainees now animating shots, and we wish we could animate it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, je- I'm jealous. They have like great dialogue clips with you know Zach Levi, and he was such an amazing voice and such a great rig and character and stuff that it's sad that I don't get to animate him talking anymore. I thought Zach and Mandy. Awesome. Really did such a great job of giving us so much to work with. Yeah, yeah. Usually, you know, there's a celebrity and there's like whatever, but yeah. they were actually the best choices. And they could sing. Yeah. yeah. And it was funny because uh, when Zach Zach started doing some of the voice, and then we started doing some of the animation, and then he saw some of the animation and got more into character by seeing what we did. And then giving us even more to work with, it was really cool. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a bunch of us got to go to, to the scoring session during this. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. I remember seeing, hearing it, with, seeing it with the video. Oh my gosh, amazing. They were recording the choir at one point. We were there. Yeah. It was awesome. Some amazing animation of Gothel by Jamal yeah. Bradley there. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. We were asking them about the. How did you? Get inside the character's head. Well, you know, uh, she's gotta think of a bad moment. He's <laughs> <laughs> a method actor. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Didn't Gothel have, at one point in the story, she had like all these uh, crows around her all the time? Yeah. And then where if she went, all these crows would go with her. I guess the Maleficent. Beautiful expressions. <laughs> it's the ugly face coming back. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Glenn said I did a good ugly face, though. <laughs> 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 the scene's good. The scene's good, too. <laughs> Lino's death scene. Very nice. This casting was okay. Zach can do the action. Zach can do the this and the flan and the guy. Can he do the crying? I 
think I saw <laughs> yeah. I felt this so, so much in the theater. Kudos. <laughs> <laughs> that was the shot that, you know, Glenn was like, you know, that's not, it's just not something we can do in 2D. You know, to get all those, those shapes moving around, we'd have to add so many lines and they look wrinkly. And, uh, and that was, that was kind of the defining moment for me was when Glenn said that I did something that he couldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> that will never happen again. Awesome animation by What was there? Glenn's quote? I tried animating on the computer and now I know how hard it is for you guys to get something that just looks bad. Just looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> cool job. <laughs> One of the things that I love about these shots that Amy did is she added like the little gulp swallowing on uh, Rapunzel and she just did that with deformers. You could really feel her welling up and crying. I swear I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> this big water worm comes out. <laughs> I, love, I love also how the, the lighting changes, the color changes. Like it, when he dies, it's very subdued, and then when he comes back to life, they bring the color back up. Yeah, I was on vacation for a week, and I came back, and all these scenes were like black and white, and I was like, what happened to the color? And I was like, oh, it is in color. <laughs> it's totally desaturated everything. Is there a little tongue in there? Becky and Kira did that kissing scene together. <laughs> <laughs> and scroll down. Like this at the bottom. These scenes I wrote because yeah. even from the boards, there was no dialogue in it, and they never put any in. And I'm glad that they trusted us with the to get it across in the acting. Yeah, I think the king says more than a lot of the characters in the movie. He never actually says anything. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty deep. You <laughs> <laughs> like a gong after you talk. Wow. Wow. Did you write that before you came? <laughs> oh, this is it. It's my moment. There's <laughs> Malkin uh, channeling his inner mother. <laughs> <laughs>
spits out the core. Ah, <laughs> <coughs> uh, the happy ending. Malcolm? I think this was the last shot in production. How many people worked on this thing? They kept handing it off, right? Like, you stop on this drive, I'll pick up there. And Pascal in the beginning, and then I think Becky finished that up a little bit. Tony did the uh, mother, baby, little girl. I did Rapunzel, Queen, King. Patrick helps, and Jamal helped with Pascal. <laughs> Jen, was that your kiss? Yeah, I animated all the characters in that. The most disturbing ending to any animal. <laughs> And then uh, she did all these incredible drawings. She was really awesome. Yeah. I love the the card for uh, Clay, you and John and Glenn, because she drew you guys sure. yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, awesome. And this was like a big secret. I don't know if you guys saw this before the movie, but like I never saw it either. They did their best to hide it. From and there's one card where there's that. Uh, fortune-telling monkey oh, yeah. that was in the original. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that on the DVD? Yes. DVD yeah. Scenes? I just remember coming back on Monday after the movie came out and it did so well. How amazing it felt like to come back to the studio. We knew we had a great film, but knowing that people so many people it. actually went to see it yeah. was an amazing feeling. <laughs> kind of validated all of that hard work and and even if you do a good movie and the marketing is terrible and nobody sees it you're still kind of like oh man ah. but this everything fell into place and and everybody got to see it i went to a i read read it stories to some fourth grade kids at some school and i said uh, i worked on this movie and this movie oh they're there <laughs> I worked on this movie and this movie, and I said, and who saw Tangled? And they were all like, <laughs> it was so great. The drum? Yeah. <laughs> it was for a bunch of asthmatic kids. <laughs> 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 That's the last time that I read the kids. <laughs> so how do we wrap this up while the credits are playing? Anything you guys want to add or something you thought of that really fit into the movie, but you want to talk about... I don't know, I remember, I remember reading a lot of stuff online before, you know, coming and working on this movie, and, like, there were so many, like, I don't want to say... Uh, there's just a lot of discussion about, oh, this movie, it's just, it's, it's just doomed to failure, and it's been in production for so long, and first it's Rapunzel, then it's Rapunzel Unbraided, then it's Rapunzel again, and, like, all this stuff. It, to me, it just felt so good that when this movie came out and people responded so well to it, it just, it just felt so... You know, you like you felt vindicated. You just feel like proud of it to know that, yeah, like it worked out. You know, and it was because so many people were like, "No, it's not gonna fail. We're not gonna let it fail," and it just came together. And I don't know. So there's great. so much stuff on the blogs, just Disney haters. About yeah, it should be in 2D, and uh, why? You know, just all this stuff. And then when it comes out, all that stuff just goes away. Goes away. Yeah. For a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> Still, they have a new movie.
think uh, Nathan has said this a couple times, but you know, I've been here for 15 years, and I signed up to do movies like this, and it's taken 15 years for the studio to actually get everything in line and turn everything around to be able to do it. Uh, that now I can leave. That's actually why we made the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, John? Wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I don't really have any questions. I didn't really plan. Any questions from the audience? You're an awesome animator at Fly Disney. We're looking for people. Yeah. If you want to join this room of people who laughs and has fun. Have your name. Yay! have it that is the great audio commentary experiment and uh, hopefully you guys like it i'd love to hear what you think about it if you would just go to animationpodcast.com and leave a comment on this post uh, you can also send me an email but comments are preferred and um, just let me know how it worked for you did it uh, sync up was it entertaining was it worthwhile would you like to hear one of these again maybe on the next film whatever you think just let me know I, i'm really curious about this so uh, again thanks everyone for always haranguing me in public about the next podcast like i said if it weren't for you this wouldn't exist and again thanks to all the people that helped me create this podcast um all 22 of you you know who you are i'll see you at work and to all my listeners thanks for tuning in